meaning in life is found to serve some purpose that's greater than oneself. It's not erasing oneself. It's that purpose is, is harmonized with who you are and what's important to you. Bill Wilson, co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, wrote in 1952, if we examine every disturbance we have, great or small, we will find at the root some unhealthy dependence and its consequent demand. Wilson suggested that if we could identify and continually surrender these unrealistic and unrealizable demands, that we may then be able to accomplish what he imagined to be the recovery's next frontier, something he called emotional sobriety. Flash forward 70 years and join psychotherapists and best-selling authors Tom Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger, who have taken up the mantle of exploring Bill Wilson's new frontier. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety, the podcast. I'm Tom Rutledge, and uh, we're here for another episode. With me is uh, Patrick Newman, our producer, and Dr. Alan Berger. How are you guys doing? Well, Happy New Year, Tom. Happy, yes. Happy New Year, Patrick, and Happy New Year to all our listeners today. 2022. My goodness. I know. I know. It's like... I, I was looking at that in, in, in directly in contrast to the year I was born, which was 1954. And I was going, oh, <laughs> I'm not really good at math, but I'm going, I think I'm getting old. I think you are. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be celebrating my 70th birthday at the end of this month. So I'm blown oh, away. Yeah. 1952. That's so I was born two years before you. And, uh, I'm I'm sitting here going 70 years on this planet. My goodness. Yeah. Well, and I know we're not supposed to project into the future, but I can't help but the you know, first voice in my head speaks. So, hey, that's only 30 years to 100. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's that's I'm shooting for that, by the way. Uh, I'm not so sure. Just if we get, if we get, well. <laughs> when you when you get to 100, you're going to finally look like you're 60. Like what? Like you're 60 when you finally get to that's 100. A, that's a good. That's a really good point, Patrick. The man does not look, look 70 years old, does he? <laughs> Boy, it's in my bones, though. I got to tell you, Tom. These oh days, God, I know. Cold weather, man. I'm telling you, this cold weather. It's just my bones announce it. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. really do. Well, you wake up in the morning and you have, we've talked about that, where you have to do kind of a check, you know, of everything to see what works, what doesn't work, you know, what, what, what are you going to have to do a little maintenance on before you even get out of bed? It's like, it's like a checklist, like before they're taking off, right? At the Kathy, like Kathy, Kathy, Kathy did with our with, on the on the recovery oh, checklist. She was, a, she, she was a pilot. We we have what we have one on on just how to get out of bed. It's like, right. That's coming, Patrick. You don't. Hopefully, you don't have to worry about those things right now. No, he's got a while. How so, are you doing, what? Patrick? Happy oh, New uh, Year. thank you. Uh, Happy New Year back to you guys. And you know, I think um, 2021. You know, 2020 was the shit year, and then 2021 was the year where we had begun the process of cultivating a lot of our inner resources because that was going to be the north star to get us through whatever. Mm -hmm external yeah. craziness was happening. And so I just feel like going into this year, it's like uh, we've got a model now for like, mm. hey, whatever happens, I'm going to find a way to be okay. And uh, obviously the Emotional Sobriety Project 
ties right into that. It's uh, I'm okay. Even if, well, and what you just said is I'm, you know, whatever happens, I'm going to find a way to be okay. It's like, it's like, that's, a, that's, a, I was thought immediately. I thought, well, you know, there's a zillion and one ways to, to define, you know, in a nutshell, uh, emotional sobriety, but that's one of them. It's, you know, that we're not, you know, and meaning not, not like we could re, we could interpret that in the most selfish way of saying, fuck all, the, all of you, I'm going to take care of myself. But it's, but the truth is, because, and we're going to talk about this today because we're talking about purposeful life. And it's like, and it, it all, that all comes down to value system. And, and, and so the idea of, of being okay for me is, is, you know, when we, when we, when we, when we trust each other, as the three of us do, as we sit here and talk, and we say, you know, are you okay? We're also including, without even saying it necessarily, a congruence with our own value system. So the idea is, if I'm if I'm if I'm mistreating somebody, or if I'm being if I'm if I'm being neglectful to to some to something I need to be doing uh, in my particular value system, it's like that's not okay. And so I'm not okay. So the idea is when you say, well, no matter what happens, I'll be okay, Patrick. What I understand about that is that knowing you very well as I do now, it's like I'm going like that that absolutely includes, you know, working for for yourself and doing whatever you can to 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 help those around you that you you were able to 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 help. And um yeah, that's and and purposeful life. We talk about this in our in Alan's Alan in your chapter, it's like like it, it's I think I spent the early part of my my days thinking of that in terms of, you know, purpose with a big capital P, meaning I had to have a purpose of life um, instead of I need. I like this idea of purposeful life instead. It's like I want to be able and purposeful means congruent with my value system, I, I believe. Does that make sense? Makes totally. a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, it makes it's, a lot of sense. And, and look, in, in some way, what we're going to be talking about is in this, you know, especially in, in the context of this chapter is how our purpose really unfolds with our development. And that's what you're saying, Tom, is that 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 our our purpose in life, if if we're really paying attention to our emotional development, will unfold accordingly, right? As our consciousness changes, so does the purpose. You know, my purpose in life early on in life, especially you know, as, and this is natural, right? Every, mm -hmm. every child is egocentric. I call it natural narcissism. It's a time. There are That's phases fine. in relation in, in, in development where, where we only see things from our perspective, which is what narcissism is. And, and it's yeah. like when, when sees his little girl, she's not supposed to see it. She's not supposed to no, be filled with empathy what? for us. No. And, and if, if, you know, our development unfolds, you know, it, we will move towards exactly what you're saying. Our, as we've been talking on Thursday night, our consciousness starts to expand. Yep. We start yep. to consider things and see things that we couldn't see before. We start to now see that that you know um, our purpose in life is much different than what we thought it would be at 16 years old or even at 20 years old, or even like for you and I now at 30 mm -hmm. or 40 years old. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, you know, for you and I, we started this podcast as a complete service to people in COVID because we got mm -hmm. together and we said, mm -hmm. look, you know, we know people are struggling and are going to have a difficult time during this period of time. What can you and I do to make a contribution mm -hmm. to, so that we can help people get through this? 
Mm-hmm. That was the pure motive we had on that. Mm-hmm. You know, 60 years ago, I would be thinking, what can I do to get through this thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, That's not right. what can we do as a community? You know, you and I are very concerned about our community in the community. Well, but, uh, but that's a beautiful that's a beautiful example, because because the truth is what you and I would both we may say it different ways, but I think we would both land on the same place, which is this is this is very much what we have done for us to get through this thing. It, it's like it's it's like I mean, it's this is this has been we talk about it often we talk on the, especially on the thursday group is that uh we talk about our, you know the personal impact that is that the whole group community has had on us it's like but it, but it's just the cotton the connection you're yours and my connection that used to be every two years where we do a workshop that's what we were doing and we were loving that but but with 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 covid we did we started doing this and we brought patrick on it's like so the truth is we could not have seen this is where hindsight is always where insight comes from we could not 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 one of the three of us could have seen the the role our relationship in doing this work would play in our moving through this this covid crisis and all that goes with it it's like like no we you know the thing is what we're doing is and that's one of the things i was going back to what i was saying about purpose with a capital p i think when i look back at my my life and one of the things i've learned to do is to do that with compassion instead of criticism of myself is to realize you know when i was looking for this sort of you know i don't know packaged up per, you know singular purpose of my life it was like i you know i was missing the point the you know the the, the point is to approach the each day looking for purpose you know, looking where I, where can I plug in? Where 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 does it fit for me? And it doesn't just mean being of service to others. It means just being, like I said, congruent with my own value system, which which a lot of times has to do with growing, learning, those kinds of things. I mean, one of the most purposeful things I do these days is is my morning, you know, my morning reading and kind of slash meditation thing, where I where I sit and have coffee before I open up my phone and do that. It's extremely helpful to me and, and useful to me, and uh, and and you know, and it may be helpful to other people because I'm taking care of myself. But ultimately, it doesn't do anything for anybody directly other than myself. But it's a very much a part of my purpose. Well, let, let me put it, you know, it just struck me when we were talking about this, that that what we've done, let's just focus on the, um, the you know, where we started with um, COVID survival skills, so to speak, and then we went mm-hmm. to start mm-hmm. right here, and now we have this podcast, Emotional Sobriety, the Thursday night meeting that you've helped and supported me through the whole time. So this is an example, and we've been talking about this a lot, and a lot of people have to stop to really listen to this. But, you know, I think this is a good example of it, and I've never thought of it before. We were able to act for ourselves without being selfish, Mm -hmm. and we were able to act for others without being selfless by doing this. That's exactly it, man. That's right. Isn't it? That's a great example I, I, it's a great, I mean, it, it, sometimes I struggle to think of an example of it because it's, it's a real high level uh, of, of thinking about things. But this is, to me, a wonderful example of us doing that. It's not right. just we're doing it for other people and we're being selfless. We're not. It's mm-hmm. we're getting something out of it, but we're also doing it for other people without being selfless. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that wonderful example of what it looks like when you're operating from that position of emotional sobriety. Right. And see where my ego would have in the past gotten in the way of that would have been where I would be thinking that I had to have that insight that you just described 
you know, b- prior to doing it or, or while we're yeah. doing it again, the, yeah. you know, I know I'm a broken record about this these days, but hindsight is what brings us insight. And it's like, and it's, and it's like, the idea is, is us by, by trusting ourselves to, to, to take each step at a time and stay and, and support each other. Cause I think that's one of the things that makes this makes living in the present moment so much more. I mean, it's, it's, maybe the most important thing that we can do for each other is support each other in just being present in the moment. And the way any of this stuff has, has transpired and has developed through the last couple of years has been just taking it as it comes. It's like we did the video to start with you, you immediately started the Thursday group. It was, you know, that we thought would be for a few weeks, you know, it's like, uh, uh, you know, and it's sort of like I set my, my office down for a couple of weeks, you know, it's, it's like, uh, but, but you know, we did each one of those places. And one of the, one of the things that is not so we can honestly say is not selfless for us is one of the reasons when we got finished with the 12, 12, uh, episode video of, of extra support during COVID is we both said, this is too much fun. We don't want to stop. That's right. You know, it's like, so, I mean, it, it you know, so, so if anybody's listening to us and, and thinking we're, we're painting a picture of just of these, these guys who are just, Oh, how can, how can we save the world? It's like, like we like, we really like being helpful to people. It's a great, it's a great thing, but it's like, I mean, a prime motivator for me was this is really fun. Yeah, there's so joy that's our acting for ourselves without being selfish. That's right. There's right. joy in that. It's like it's that's joy. Right. It's joyous, and it's like in, in my yeah, my experience is when we when you know that's one of the things. That it, you know, joy is not extracurricular, is the way I like to think about it. It's like you know every every everybody doesn't have to you know take things you know think be as silly as I am about 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 things. But it's, but but yeah, we do need to find what get, brings us joy. And I really do think very often, if not maybe close to always that. That's going to bring us in line with things that are important. You know, Patrick, you started out by saying there's something that jumped out of you at the end of that chapter. All right. Well, you uh, close the chapter in your book, this uh, particular chapter, uh, with a story about your sponsor, Tom. And um, you end it by saying this. Tom found his purpose by behaving with increasing emotional honesty and sobriety. As he began to peel back the layers of the onion to reveal his true self, his purpose emerged naturally. This is the path to emotional sobriety and to realizing our human potential. Yeah, well, it's it's so true, boy, because you just see the development here. You know, I just had this thing. No promises to be made, but I, I'm going to ask Tom if he could join us next week to share a bit about oh. his journey and stuff like that and what that would Love mean it. for him. So, you know, let's cross our fingers. I think he'll be available, but I can't speak for him. But, okay. you know, it, it is so true because I, I do think that. We are, and like we started to mention last time, Viktor Frankl discovered this when he started to develop his approach to therapy called logotherapy, which is finding meaning in life. And what he said is that meaning in life is found to serve some purpose that's greater than oneself. It's not erasing oneself. It's including, like Tom was saying earlier, It's not that you erase yourself to find that purpose. It's that purpose is is harmonized with who you are and what's important to you. And different people contribute to it in different ways. You know, I I think the actors, the entertainers, the musicians in our world have, have do a great serve a great purpose to our lives. They bring 
you know, joy into our life, sadness into our life, depending on the, the, the you know, what they're performing and what, what you know, the script they're acting off of. The, the music, you know, music has been a part of my life forever. And I appreciate so much, you know, what musicians bring into our life. And so, you know, that's a great example of somebody finding, you know, having a purpose in life, contributing to the community at large to, you know, but at the same time, honoring themselves yes, and, and enjoying what they're doing. Patrick and I both in reviewing the chapter uh, independently, both landed on the very last of the chapter. He landed on the last paragraph. I landed on, you know, as uh, on the last line, the last little nutshell that says, which follows that chapter. I mean, that, that paragraph saying our purpose emerges in relation to what the world demands of us. And, and I just, I wrote that down and then I wrote a couple other notes and just, I said, okay, well, that's also our purposes emerge in response to the opportunities that present. And I, and that's, that's what that took me to is that place where it's an organic process, you know, and then only with that. And what I was saying to you was, was that in part of my, just my, my love of this book, my admiration of how this book is, has turned out is you and I both know that it's not just the writers who have something to say about this. I don't know how it works, but there's, you know, to take nothing away from, from your genius, but it's, but it's like, the truth is these things fall together as puzzles and we couldn't see how they do it. But, but I, but I realized that as we, as we move toward the end of the book, uh, walk, walking through it together is just how, how with each chapter now it becomes more poignant and it brings it, brings it home to these, these very, very essential points you know, like, like this, pur this, the purpose, you know, it's like this, I just hear this puzzle piece kind of clicking in saying, okay, this is, this is such, and, and of course everything, you know, everything we talk about is about translating, translating good concepts into, into practical, into, into actual practice. So the idea is, you know, thinking in terms of my life as opportunities for purpose, you know, is a part of a practice. And that's what that brings me to there. And it's like, um, yeah, it's beautiful. And, and that changes over time. Like we said, you know, we yes. all start out very egocentric, you know, and it, I think it's, it's not by coincidence that Bill Wilson said things like we, he believed that the root of, of alcoholism was selfishness, self-centeredness, because it, what it suggests is that we got stuck. We got arrested at a certain stage of our development. Right. We never grew out of the it's all about me stage, I like to call it. We got stuck in the it's all about me stage, and we couldn't let that go. And when you're stuck there and you keep trying to apply that to life, you're out of sync with life. Mm -hmm. Because life isn't going to tolerate it's all about me. It doesn't care. Mm -hmm. It's not going to respect that. We're not going to give it's not going to give us privilege. I mean, right. it's not. It's going to be what it's going to be, regardless of who we are, regardless of how we feel, regardless of what we think. And see, that's the challenge. So if that's happening in our life and we're stuck there, all we can do is get pissed off, mm -hmm. object, feel bad, self-pity. I mean, all of the different things that start to happen that reflect that, you know what? I'm just stuck. I'm stuck. And it's all about me phase of my development. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And our focus there is, is that we're, we're always looking out at that point and pointing to the, the obstacles in our lives and what makes a difference, you know, this is a giant generalization here, but what makes a difference is when we, when, when some, something or somebody's help us make that shift where we become um, intrapersonally focused, when we can become introspective and look and yeah. see, okay, wait a minute, the change has to come from within me not from the, you know, the brick, the, doesn't matter how much that brick wall is impenetrable. It's how I'm approaching the wall. That's making the, is creating the problem. That's right. And see, that's, that's, that's one of the um, effects of the, it's all about me mentality, right? Yeah. What are, one of the consequences of that is that now, because we demand that life, operate according to our set of specifications and rules, we become victimized. Mm -hmm. And see, you've talked about that a lot in your work, Tom. And I Mm -hmm. I think work can Mm -hmm. be described as helping people Mm -hmm. grow beyond being a victim, right? Move to the next development. But that mentality turns us into victims. When it's all about me, then when things don't go my way, I'm, you know, not I'm just disappointed. I'm devastated. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Disappointment means, God, I wish this would have happened this way. Devastation means I need this to happen this way to be okay. Right. And so many people are so stuck at that. So they've got no ability. And we're going to get into this. I, You know, I've been doing a, my continuing education. I love to mm-hmm. always bring it like you do. When you read in the morning and stuff, mm-hmm. you're just yeah. reading your yeah. soul. So one of my favorite psychologists is Dr. Martin Seligman. And I love this guy. He, he, his career in psychology to me is, is exemplary. It, it really reflects the dedication of an academic psychologist to the science of psychology. And he started his whole career off in trying to understand um, hopelessness and helplessness. And he's the guy that came out with this whole model of learned helplessness and the effect that it has on people. Right. And he's the first person that said he believes this is a cause of depression. And it turns out he was right on. I mean, more than now that, you know, psychiatry went in this big biological direction. Mm -hmm. Almost everybody in this evolution of psychotherapy conference I just attended said we we've gone astray. It's not biological. It's social. It's social. It's psychological, and we got to quit thinking we're going to find a drug that's going to cure it. Mm-hmm. Just because a drug helps, and this is the point that I love that Gabor Mate made. Mm-hmm. He says, when you take ibuprofen and it takes away your headache, it doesn't mean your, your headache was caused by a lack of ibuprofen. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. thinking that mentality is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So just because an antidepressant increases the serotonin levels, we're making correlation into a causation and it's not a causation. We can't say because this helps that we now know this is proof that serotonin levels, you know, are the cause of the depression. No, it just seems to help the depression. Maybe it's related. Maybe it's not, but we can't do that from practice evidence, right? That kind of right. practice. Well, there, there, you're, and when you're talking about scientific method, you're, you're talking about correlations, not, not, 
causation. It's like, it's like, and, and the, and the other pieces we're learning more and more. And I think this is, this is even, this is really nice when it, when it happens in, in the scientific world too, is we're understanding that, 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 that the mind and the brain are not necessarily the same thing. And, That's and, right. and, and, and that our, and the idea is for somebody who, 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 and I'll say that as somebody who's treated for depression, who takes, takes, takes my medication and has been often, uh, I've, I've often said, you know, becoming, finding the right uh, medical treatment for my depression changed my life every bit as much as getting sober has. It's like, but what I, what I, I like the idea of it not be, becoming an all or none thing. So that it's like, oh, well, that's, you know, the only thing I object to is, is if somebody said, oh, we were wrong, we're off. But like, well, no, we, we got to just, ex- again, your, use your word, expand. It's not like we're not making yeah. something wrong. We're, we're saying we have to find we're it. We're not saying and, don't and, use don't, antidepressant medication. We need to look closer for more, more accurate meaning and the idea i love the idea that you know that basically i you know i use i can use i use this stuff because my brain is what is what it's doing is and my and and let's just even say that the mind is something it is something completely separate from the brain and i'm going like okay well for for whatever reason i you know what i'm doing right now is not is not is not sufficient to actually take me to a place where i don't need the medication it's like okay well th- you know that that i don't need to you know one of this is one of those things where i don't need to judge myself like i have in the past about stuff like that so it's like but the idea that that we don't just stop see i love it. we you talk about stuck so, we don't want science to get stuck we want we want we want people to go like let's keep trying to understand this further and let's not assume we have the answers because we have some answers. Yes, that's right. Right. I on. love that. Right yeah. So, so, so that was his first thing. So what he mm-hmm. saw was, is that when a person believes that what they're doing has an impact on their life, they try harder, all kinds of things happen. When you change mm-hmm. that perspective, it changes the effort that a person puts out. So that was his first stage of research. His second stage was he looked at optimism and the fact that optimism has on life. And, you know, he saw and he has a grounded optimism. It's not fantasy based. It's not Pollyanna. It's based on reality, right? Being really grounded and think that have faith that things can work out Mm -hmm. if we apply the right strategies, the right thinking, the, the, to the situation. So he has that. Then the second thing he's done, because he's the father of positive psychology, mm-hmm. he talks about the importance of our attitude as we approach life, mm-hmm. right? And that and that there are things we can do to increase our well-being in life and our experience of happiness. So he put all this stuff together. And why I wanted to tie it into this is it was very interesting. He says, one way of thinking about emotional sobriety now, based on the work like of Seligman and others, is that it really increases our sense of personal agency, which mm-hmm. means that we believe that we can make a difference in our life, that the locus of control is in within me. It's not out there in the environment. Right. That I can have a positive impact on my life and my experiences in my life. I can solve the, whatever issues life throws at me and deal with them. Doesn't mean I'm going to be happy all the time, but it means I'm going to be able to cope with whatever's going on. That's within my ability as a human being is to be able to adapt and cope with whatever life throws at me. Now, it's very interesting when he was talking about it, he says there's three things that go into that sense of personal agency. And the one of them, you know, is, is what, what we've been talking a lot about is that you have to have a curiosity. 
Yes. And you have to be able to use your imagination to deal with things and to think out of the box sometimes and finding a solution. And I just loved his emphasis on that, is that it was, my God, our imagination is so important in terms of being able to find solutions to situations that baffle us. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so cool. You know that, that and our um, imagination can be is, can be so much impaired by life experience when we when we're not when we're not approaching it that way. Yeah. When we get rigid, when we get fixed, the imagination all we can imagine is things are going to be terrible. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what happens when imagination gets frozen. All it does is seem to go down in in a negative direction, down the dark alley. Right. If you think that uh, you don't have an imagination, think about that. That uh, a friend of mine calls it the director director of fiction in her head. You know, think about all the stories <laughs> it tells you about the horrible things that are going to come. Oh. I mean, I mean, it may put Stephen King to shame. I mean, come on, it's like it's like that's and that's your imagination. That's really it good. Is. Oh, it's our imagination working overtime, maybe, mm -hmm. but it's working in, in, in a way. So, so now when we put all this stuff in, so what's happening as our development increases, our sense of personal agency increases. See, yeah. that's the direction we grow in. We grow towards a more differentiated being, which means that I am not overly influenced by what's going on around me. I have the ability to impact the experience I'm having mm -hmm. and see that's where then purpose comes in because now, and that's one of the things that I think is so great about, let's say the 12 step community, what's our new purpose? Well, one of our new purposes is in, like you said, it is multifaceted, <laughs> but one of them is, is to help the person who's still struggling. Yes. We get out of ourselves. We're now a part of a community and we're thinking, what can I do to contribute to this community in, in a positive sense by either going to meetings early on, it was making a cup of coffee or a pot of coffee for everybody mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of just worrying about my own cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. if, if Tom comes next week, he's going to tell this story about when he was first newly sober um, Flaubert, this is, this is, was his sponsor mm -hmm. looked at him one time and they're sitting around and stuff. And, and he, I think Tom was feeling sorry for self and so, or something like that. And she turns to him and says, why don't you get out of yourself and do something for somebody else? Well, what can I do? Well, find out if anybody needs some coffee and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it, what the trip he went through in his head about making coffee for people is hilarious because he always did this. Yeah. Oh, it's, it was, it's just such a wonderful story about what the fuck am I making this coffee for them for? Right. Well, how come they're not making me a, a cup of coffee? No, yeah. Nobody asked yeah. me to make yeah. it. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, it's just this whole thing that just reflects his consciousness. And if you meet him yeah. today, yeah. he'll go out of his way to do something for you without a right. second thought in right. terms right. Of, of this other stuff going on. So it's it's you know, you know one of the things that's always occurred to me. Tell me what you think about this, but I, I've often thought that you know I, I see how effective that is with with you talk about the the multi multi layers of this of the purposefulness of do something for somebody else. I've often thought that you know just because we just what well, we need a lot as human beings and 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 those of us in twelve steps is you know we're not we don't have a corner on this market, but we we're we're really great examples of extremely flawed human beings, and so it's a it's a it's, it, you know, it's, a, it's, we're good test cases. It's like, yeah. I think sometimes do, go do something for somebody else is almost like giving some kid a, some busy work, you know, mm -hmm. why don't you, you know, because you're not going to figure this stuff out 
you know, why don't you stop trying to figure it out and go over there and help that person do that? And it's like, because the truth is, when we look back, we're talking about insight coming from hindsight, you're going like, oh, what was I doing while that while I was learning that? Oh, you were getting coffee for somebody. You know, it, right. it, it, we don't have it's amazing to me that our my conscious mind, I still get offended by this. Sometimes my conscious mind does not need to be involved in everything I'm learning. <laughs> yes, it does. Well, sometimes well, it just gets I'll in the you, way. I, I hope you, I hope everybody gets the importance of what Tom just said, <laughs> because sometimes we put way too much. <sighs> I've got to know it. I've got to know it while it, you know, I have yeah. one of my little nutshells is, is you do not have to understand what's going on while it's going on. That's right. It's, it's like right. you just, it's so hard to let go of, but, 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 but I'd love that. And I love the idea. I love the simplicity of what you're talking about here with, with and I, back to what you were saying with, with these uh, psychologists, but, but because it, it is about, it is sometimes about just that curiosity. That's just one and humility goes with that. See, because it's amazing to me, those, those of us with such low self-esteem, how much humility we need. That's <laughs> it's right. Like, it's like, you know, I, we, we, I, I feel like shit about myself, but I'm pretty damn sure about it. You know, and it's like, no, but say that again, Tom, so everybody can hear. Yeah, that. I, yeah. I, I, we act you know, like we're so insecure. Well, we are. It's like I feel. Yeah, but it's it's all we're using. We're not using our power for good. We're using it for for destructive right. purposes. It's like the truth is, I, you know, I feel like shit about myself. Well, you know, when I you know, when I, I read that thing on Thursday night group not too long ago from my book, Simple Truth, that was about called We're Wrong, where it's where it's just about the idea that we're so easy. We admit that we're wrong about everything else in the world. But if somebody says, hey, maybe you're not a complete piece of shit. They're like, nope, I know that for certain. You know, it's like, no, you don't. You know, we were many of us can tell you we thought that, too. We were wrong. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not the one exception. And you're not the one exception. You're not the one. You're, the, you're not the one piece of his shit who, who has just wonderful insight into yourself. You can't think your way to right action. You can only act your way to right thinking. Bingo. Right. I, I probably annoy people by doing these. I mean, that's no, an no, AA thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we got to watch out that we don't we don't make those. We don't rigidify those. Right. That they don't become stereotypes, too, because it's also true. Sometimes you have to shift the way you're looking at a situation to to be able to behave better, too. So we're not saying that's a black and white thing. But what right. happens is for those of us that have fantasized that things are going to get better without us doing anything about it, that idea <laughs> about you got to get it is so important. I'm working with a young man right now who's been relapsing for 12 years, and I see why. He gets all of these incredible ideas of what he'd like to do and the life he's going to build, and there's no foundation to any of his fantasy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make this happen. I want da 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 da. da. And there's you got to have recovery first. None of that stuff is going to happen without recovery. But he always leaves that out. <laughs> I mean, it's like that never becomes a part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he keeps going ahead and trying to do these things, and it all falls apart. And it all falls apart because he doesn't want to commit himself. I don't know if want that. Let me say he doesn't commit himself. I'm not saying he doesn't want to because he obviously keeps trying. He doesn't commit himself to his recovery. He thinks that if, if he does all these things, he'll be OK. 
And it doesn't work that way. You know, when you talked before, Tom, it really struck me is that we do go, we have to go through this phase of let me look at myself. So we start that process of looking at ourselves. And look, being in a relationship is a wonderful vehicle for that. Because if you use the experiences you have in your relationship, you're going to use your upset, your disturbance to say, what's going on with me here? How come I'm reacting instead of blaming your partner? Now, we know that's, a, that's, that's also an evolution to get to the point where you're not blaming people for, for what you're experiencing. Right. right? In relationship is don't blame the mirror, you know, because I don't like what I look at, you know, because that's what that's we, you and I know that the relationships are many things. But one thing is there, there is a, uh, you know, it is a mirror. And the truth is I can look, I can look in the mirror and not like how I look and complain about that mirror all day long. Or I can actually get what you're talking about with relationship and say like, I need to, I need to, to look more carefully and listen more carefully and find out what it is I'm, I'm learning. That's right. That's right. And see, that is one of our purpose. You know, when you say, well, what does it mean to find a purpose in your life? Mm -hmm. One purpose we have that's instinctual is to grow ourselves into what we can be. And what we can be someone who balances our interest in ourselves with our interest in others. See, that is part of the human potential is to be able to, like I said earlier, act for yourself without being selfish, act for others without being selfless. That is a possibility in our evolution. That's, I think, what Maslow would call part of what self-actualization looks like, is when you're operating within those kinds of guidelines, right, in your life. So that's one thing, right? Yeah. And, it, you yeah. know, and, and I like, I pulled a quote out of Viscott's work, because I love Dr. David Viscott mm-hmm. in this chapter, when I said that. Now, do you know, do you have that highlighted, Patrick, in your book, the David Viscott quote? Dr. David Viscott, the purpose of life is to discover your gift. The work of life is to develop it. The meaning of life is to give your gift away. Wow. I love it. I mean, I, he really captured, you know, the experience early on. We can't see what our gift is because we're still developing ourselves. It's the all about me stage. Mm-hmm. We're still mm-hmm. trying to figure out who we are, what's important. And we have to go through that stage of Tom called it natural narcissism. Mm-hmm. We all go through a narcissistic stage of development. We've been aware of that. Now, hopefully, and we outgrow it. And like we're saying here, mm-hmm. uh, one way of looking at addiction and all addiction is, is getting stuck at the it's about me stage. So we still make it all about us. But as we start to grow through that stage, now we start to consider ourselves in relationship to the world we live in, in relationship to ourselves, in relationship to others. And now we start to say, well, what? Because we're wired to have purpose, to give meaning to our life. Mm-hmm. You see, that's an important part of who we are. We are meaning generators and we're giving meaning to everything. Mm-hmm. The thing is that we don't often pay attention to is, is that part of me enhancing my life or diminishing my life? Because when Tom said before, mm-hmm. you know, we have a Stephen King inside of us, mm-hmm. we can give meaning to our life that turns life into a bad <laughs> horse. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we really can, man. Mm-hmm. We can find a lot of meaning and then meaning in our life comes. I've got to watch out for all those people mm-hmm. because they're out to get me. 
And I know they are. And my job is, is to protect myself from being taken advantage of getting hurt, all this stuff mm-hmm. where it becomes so self-protecting that mm-hmm. we can't live life. We implode. Or our even or, or per, per, a paralyzing story. I'm, I am so inept. I am so incompetent that no matter what I do, I will fail. So I will just stay right here. I will, you know, I will not move. I'll stay right it's, here it's, or I'll kill myself because mm-hmm. why bother? I mean, that's where yeah. suicide yeah. grows out yeah. of that kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. I mean, so all of this. So when we start to attach it to this other purpose, I can make a difference to this community I'm in, in, in mm-hmm. sometimes in small ways, mm-hmm. sometimes in big ways. If I find my gift and what it's about and give it away, now I'm on that path. Yes. And, and here's the thing that, that, that and I'm going to, I, I promised myself in a little conversation earlier today, I was going to stop doing the, the hindsight thing, but now I'm going to do it one more time. It's the, the, uh, we're not going to know that when it happens, it's like David Viscott. I'm going to guess at this. I don't know. David Viscott did not when he was writing this, when he wrote this down, the purpose of life is to discover your gift. The work of life is to develop it. The meaning of life is to give your gift away. I'm betting you he didn't just go like, okay, that's it. I'm done. He didn't go like, like, okay, I have done this. It's like, this is a, this, these three sentences are just, their ripple effect is powerful. We, we're all touched by these. We've all, you've written about it. We've underlined it. I, I promise you, we're not the only people who underlined and highlighted this in, in your book. It's like, but they're just three sentences he wrote. That's right. You know, how, how many how many times have somebody quoted you before that that you don't even recognize that you said something? Or when you said to me so and so and so and so, you go like, you know, I, I remember somebody sending me something. And I said one time, hey, this is brilliant. You know, who wrote this? He said you did. It's like I, I, went, I went, ah, nice. It's like it's, it's but but the idea is the cool part is just to, just to say no. I just need to be in the flow. I need to be here doing yeah. this. And, and doing what I can today and, and, and wishing for the best. You don't get to put this one on the shelf and leave it there. It's part of the yes. every day. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. It does. And that's, and that's Tom is great at talking about practice. You know, this is mm-hmm. all about we're all continuing to grow along these lines. And that's the important thing. All right, you guys, another great show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Peace out. Tend your life. Tend your myth Cultivate your narrative With whomever you're with Then with glass in hand And children on one knee Bring some stories Bring your stories Back to me It ain't a crime To be a human Never be ashamed To be yourself Rest assured that whatever you're doing Will entertain me like nobody else So here's to us, my old friends Until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again With glass in hand and children on one knee Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me (laughs) 